Blog Talk Radio. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Hello. Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show for Saturday, October the 10th, 2009. I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host is Brother Blondie. Coming at you live from Columbus, Ohio with fresh news every Saturday as much as we can at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. This is the place to be to get heard and to hear what's going on right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. Tonight, we will be talking to Kevin Hobson, who is our guest, about his story. Now, from last week, we were talking on the issues of uh, child um, and divorce and child uh, um, uh, support and some other stuff that we were talking about, but I guess what we're going to do is now continue this, okay, because we were talking about a shared parenting plan and all this bit. But his story is now taking a new turn where we're going to be talking about Social Security disability, obstruction of having documents in the Social Security Administration, and child support issues. We want you, we want to have you to come and listen in on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show and to share your comments and views whenever possible every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be right back. Nobody knows. You make my heart rain. 
All right, now we are back with the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And if you need to contact us, this is how you contact us. Contact us by email at wclardy at familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or contact yours truly, Brother Blondie, at hotmail.com. Your community and your life is important, and so are your rights. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. It's your right to have justice where justice is denied. Victims are being lied on and lied to all the time, and you have a right to stand. Again, if you have a story on any subject that is worthy to be heard and you got documents to back it up so we don't look bad, contact us by email at www.familiesandvictimsoffraud.com or again by Brother Blondie at hotmail.com. All right? Now, before we get started, those that decide they're going to call in, please turn your speakers on your mobile phones or telephones down so we will not be verbing all over the place. You know, that's a great thing. You know, we want to be heard and that it comes out clear. And, you know, I want to let it, I'm going to turn this over to my co-host, who is Brother Blondie, you know, which will give you the heads up of who was that singing, talking about, I want to move with you, and all the updates that's coming up. Back to you, Brother Blondie. Well, thank you, Lordy, Miss Claudie, and first of all, good evening, everybody. I'm the co-host, Brother Blondie, and... If you thought that you was hearing Angie Stone, Jill Scott, Vivian Green, or Floetry, well, guess what? You are totally so wrong. This neo-soul sound, oh, no, it's not NDRE, but in fact, our very own Wendy Lardy Miss Party was, I want to move with you, I want to groove with you. You know, the, using a smooth approach to a, uh, enter uh to tonight's show 
But I'm going to kick off tonight's show with more of a tragic note. In the past week or so, Lordy, Miss Clardy, there have been five homicides, all of them black on black, but four of those five homicides, Lordy, Miss Clardy, happened in one day last Saturday. And I'm going to start off with reading a, a homicide that happened right up the street from you in broad daylight. Like, a man was fatally shot near Mount Vernon and 20th on the near east side, Columbus police said. Detectives say Clayton Thomas Lothar, uh, 49 of Allegheny a Avenue, was killed in front of uh, Mount Vernon and 20th after an argument with 58-year-old uh, Thomas Germany of 1035 Atchison Street. Germany pulled out a gun and shot uh, uh, Lothar, uh, police said. Police were called about 12.30 p.m., and Lotharp was pronounced dead 22 minutes later, and they arrested Germany an hour later with one count of murder-homicide, Detective Dana Kroon says. The police suspect the argument involved illegal drugs, and word down the street was it they both was arguing over, over, over $10? $10, uh, Party Miss Party? Ten. Yeah. That's not good. No, it's no, it's not good. Uh, uh, I, I mean, over over ten dollars of, of weed, a dime bag, bag. We we going through these uh, crucial uh, hard times, and this is what uh, what what we get. You you know, also, uh, Lordy Miss Party, that that exact same night, uh, a couple found dead in in the driving uh, park area on the uh, uh, gears. Gears at uh, Avenue. Uh, the both both were, were a man and and a woman. Not to mention a a 21 year old young man got shot and killed that evening on the corner of Cleveland and uh, 24th. And just yesterday, Lardy Miss Clardy, Ronald B. Williams of uh, of Windsor Terrace turned himself in about seven last night for shooting and killing his ex-girlfriend, Shanta Serrano, who's also uh, 21. He, ba he fairly shot her uh, Wednesday morning uh, in an apartment where she shared with her three kids and her aunt. And get this, Lardy Miss Clardy, Ronald B. Williams, 27, was not even the father of any of these uh, women's three kids, which... You, which is the reason why people like myself and Tyrone Thomas is calling everybody out for a very important Black Anti-Defamation Council meeting next Sunday, October 18th at 3 p.m. at 899 East Broad, uh, Columbus, Ohio. And for further details, not only you can contact uh, Tyrone Thomas at 614 Six six eight four eight three seven. Again, that's six one four six six eight four eight three seven. And you can also email me, brotherblondie at hotmail dot com. Let's put our intelligent heads together and find a solution for uh, these uh, un these uh, violence that's uh, going on. And we will do a show on this next Saturday on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. 
And due to the uh, contents of this uh, matter, next week's show will be definitely for mature audience. But at the same time, we're just calling for uh, peace. We got a black president now. We should we should still be happy and still. Congratulations to President Barack Obama for yesterday winning the Nobel Peace Prize. As I am proud to say, yeah. Lardy Miss Clardy, that we made our debut show on November fourth, two thousand eight, the night Barack Obama got elected. Thank you. Thank you very much for all of that, Brother Blondie. You know, you're such an informative co-host. That's why I got you as my co-host. Thank you very much, you know, for that. Um, And as we stand, here we are. We know that we are here to, to help to intervene and also to help to prevent, you know, victimization and fraud situations. You know, again, if you have a story and you want it to be told, don't be afraid because there are people that are just like you that's going through this and they need to hear your story because they could get healed from it, get some information about it, and be able to find a way to, you know, to help themselves. So your story is very important, you know, so that's why I decided that we should have a victimization and fraud blog talk show because there are things going on in our communities all around and nationwide, you know, that people are going through and they all need help, you know. So we're all in this together and we have the resources, the people, you know, that come onto the show that got, you know, some something to say and something that will be helpful to you. So I'm hoping that, you know, it will be an encouragement for you to get on on to the Lordy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show and make a stance. Don't be afraid. And now we are going to introduce back into onto the panel, which is uh, Mr. Kevin Hobson, and um, and he is here on a continuation of issues dealing with uh, child support, Social Security, or disability. Uh, infringements, you know, as well as, you know, administration of justice, of obtaining documents, you know, uh, you know, to allow him to introduce his story because he would introduce it better than I can, and perhaps we can get something out of this and put our heads together. So, Brother Kevin, are you on the air? Uh, yes, Miss Cloudy. Thank you for having me back again, Brother Blondie. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. Information. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, where I... well, you can start off first. You know, letting them know uh, where you are in terms of, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself. You know, again, you know that was on the other show, but you know, just a little bit about yourself, and then and tell us the story about, you know, the the other half of you know, your your shared parenting plan uh, via the two other uh, women that have children that have caused you to go into a um, an issue that you want to talk about. So, you know, give us, give, us, give us what you got. Well, to reiterate from last week, 45-year-old divorced black male who's currently receiving disability benefits due to uh, 
contracting the HIV virus, which has led to me being diagnosed with AIDS. Um, along the way there, uh, there were children involved in this relationship that I had, as if there were children with multiple women, in fact, which really led to a lot of the discrepancies upon my benefits, um, where I've constantly hit a brick wall in dealing with these issues because oftentimes the powers that be or the agencies with the authority refuse to hear the, you know, the, the evidence or information that you have that actually pertains to the amount of support or how support for the children, child support or financial support should be issued. Um, where we left off last week, it had more pertaining to uh, an issue that I had with my ex-wife within the judicial court system. And that also extends to the fact that there were other children involved, even outside of the marriage, which, once again, like I said, the agencies chose to not hear or take into account the information that I have been trying to give them. And I've actually had documentation or agencies for them to contact to verify my documentation, but for some reason, I guess, you know, uh, years of neglectful procedures or negligent practices by these agencies, they just chose to ignore it. They just automatically, you know, they, they oftentimes they would like to put the absent parent in a, in a category of being a deadbeat, and that's not always or necessarily the case with each individual. And I I'm going to ask you a question. What documentation were they not um, listening to you about? What was the documentation that you felt as though that they were not listening to you about? Well, first and foremost, the fact that with the first issue of child support, uh, this child had always gotten disability benefits. The fact that these children with these, with this child support issues were born after or during the pending period of me receiving disability. Whereas okay, can you, ex wait a minute, can you explain what's the difference between Social Security income, which is called SSI, and what's the difference between Social Security disability and where is the line drawn between where child support can intervene to uh, to take monies from these two particular uh, types of income. Okay. Social, SSI is Social Security's supplemental income. Therefore, that means that is often give, given to people with disabilities, a, a lot of times even minors or people with disabilities without a work record or uh certain illnesses that they may have had from childhood on up, whereas opposed to Social Security disability is the actual money taken out of your earned income to over the years, which you'll actually see in your pay stub as FICA and Social Security tax. 
And if you look on your pay stub and you see all your deductions, you'll always see FICA and Social Security. That's first and second and before they go to federal and state tax. Those of you who have worked over a certain period of time, you actually accumulate Social Security income for either a time of disability or when you reach the age of 65 and retire. That's what varies between supplemental income and disability income. Now, now where does that where does that lay you at where, you know, child support had uh went beyond their boundaries in taking monies from you um underneath the social security disability when the children as you were stating earlier that children were already being provided for because they were living with you opposed to after they weren't living with you that the uh that the uh, mothers did not go and you know complete the application or file for this money so that child support would not intervene how explain that well because when you have the disability social security disability income that is the, the income because you paid into it it actually provides for each individual dependent that you have, meaning for every child that you have that's legally yours or that you've legally claimed, whether it's through uh, paternity or adoption, once that child is legally claimed as your own, Social Security actually set aside part of the income that you paid into their fund as disability benefits. Uh, dependent benefits, and that would be for each individual child. So it, it, whether it's not about the amount that you put in there, or actually the amount that you put in there is evenly divided with your number of dependents, as opposed to when they're supplementary, that is not provided for the dependents of the person receiving a supplementary Social Security income. Disability is different from the supplementary in that way. Okay. There is a question that I do want to make clear because where does child support draw the line in your in your in your case or have infringed upon you when it came to them taking money from you? And then Brother Blondie has a question that he wants to ask you after you answer this because you know, getting to the meat of what you're talking about, you're saying that child support, in other words, after the kids weren't living with you, they decided to step in as though, like, you know, you was on some other kind of income to come in and and take from you, uh, even though that you was on disability, knowingly that you had given them information to let them know that they're not supposed to cross that line, but that the parent or the mothers were to uh were to um what's the word I want to say uh you know that they're supposed to come in and for those disability or for those monies in order to have the kids taken care of further and children's services or children's uh children's uh support center they shouldn't have intervened in that is that what you're saying well exactly because in the first case which actually in 1996, when the first child that this issue pertains to was born in 1996, uh, there's actually a release form to where you can 
you can waive the paternity test and actually sign, you know, admitting paternity to the child, which is what I did. Which at the same time, I informed them that I was had a pending case with the Social Security Administration as far as my disability claim. And then a few months after the child was born, the child was born in May, in the month of October, I began to receive disability payments. At that very time, along with my very first disability check, within the following month, because this is the way the procedure went, the mother of that first child also began to receive disability payments for him. Mind you, at that time, both the child and his mother resided in the same residence along with me. Now, records from the Social Security Administration would indicate so that the mother has always been the payee for this child's benefits. And after a two-year period with both the child and his mother and I living within the same residence, uh, upon breaking up, the relationship coming to an end, uh, the mother was, I guess, started receiving uh, public assistance. There's apparently some sort of application that when someone applies for public assistance, if there's minor children involved, they're given a form about support orders. This individual, the mother of my child, knowingly took this application for support filled it out and signed it against me in spite of the fact that she had always received the disability benefits. And at the time hey, when... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there because you said that, you know, knowingly she did that against you. I want to leave it there for a minute and allow Brother Blondie to have something to say. And after he gets finished, then we're going on a break and then we're going to back and I got the question to ask how, why do you feel as though that she was against you okay you know, um, Kevin I have some evidence that uh, supports your statement that you made on last week's show when you talk about gender bias amongst you know custody and child support and all those type things. And I forgot to mention it last week, and I asked everyone on this show this. Two years ago, uh, Kevin, and I'm doing a Hollywood type form, Britney Spears failed to appear in court eight times for a child custody case, yet the judge still awarded her with joint custody. To this day, she still has... Uh, joint custody, when you hear stories like that, what do you be uh, thinking as you continue to fight for your uh, children, uh, the ones that you do uh, b believe are yours, and the ones, uh, everything else, you know, from a financial standpoint? Well, when I hear stories like that, it immediately says to me that the old statement or adage that justice is blind and they show you the statue of Lady Justice holding a scale with a blindfold on, well, obviously the blindfold has been removed when you go into the domestic court system. See, justice is not blind in the domestic court system. That's why it's gender biased. And that comes from years of uh, 
prior years and the earlier years where oftentimes fathers or husbands just walked out on their children. And, you know, as you came into the late 60s, early 70s, that woman's movement, the feminist movement that took place while the men stood idle, um, that's when the domestic court system began to change. You see, when they burned their bras, they also burned the, bra the blindfold that was once worn by Lady Justice in the domestic court system. And that's why I always feel that it's biased when you go into domestic court. Okay, thank you, um, Kevin. You know, now, last question is, is, what is it that you want? You know, based upon of the information that you have already put out there already, and I still got to come back to the question, you know, about why did you feel as though that she was against you? I'm talking about the... Uh, the mother of your child uh, that was against you, but what is it that you're seeking, you know, from, you know, having an issue like this? Well, there's been a lot of financial damage that's been done to me. The, the, the fact that there's illegal seizures of my bank account and my benefits. There's also the suspension of a commercial driver's license, something that has been done repeatedly and all by child support enforcement. It has nothing to do with any type of traffic violations or actions done by me. These are suspensions that was placed on my driving record by erroneous court orders for support. And in the case of, of a person that owns a, a commercial driver's license, you know, in fact, when you apply for a job to use a commercial driver's license, there's always the question, have your license ever been suspended and how many times? Well, oftentimes you can get away with one. But if you have to put more than one, and in my case, four times, that, that application is immediately tossed. In other words, the commercial driver's license that I once possessed can no longer be used for its intended purpose, all due to erroneous court orders, not by any actions done by me. Okay, now the quest, last question is this. How long... Was your money taken from you? When did it start? When, what was the year that it started? And when did it end and that you hadn't been reimbursed of any of that uh, financial income that you had lost? Well, it's, it, this is a situation that has happened more than once. The first time it happened, I believe it began in October of 1999, and I wasn't able to stop it from happening to... to put an end to the seizures of my benefits until January 2001. So from October 1999 to January 2001, they were taking arrearage out of my Social Security benefits at the same time paying the, giving the dependent payment to the mother of the same child that they were taking arrearage from. Okay, well, we're going to have we're going to have to stop right there. Um, we're going to have to stop right there. Um, I'm going to have to go to a break, and then we will be back. I have someone that is on the line that got a question or a comment, so um, I'm going to um, bring them in on this and, you know, and just let's have a 3D conversation, okay? So okay. I'll be back. Oh, it's the truth of the... 
beat to the double E spitting love me. And it don't stop. Rock shine through my tank top. Where your bank stop? I deposit all the one drop. Think not, excuse me, but I like the flow because this joint not harder than any cat. And I'll be off the wall like the lot. Night box built with Benjamin. Me and my girl Missy getting pissy up in Finnegan. Making all you other rappers begin again. Like Finnegan, Christian, repent, then sin again. Girls wanna be my friend again. Lay up in my crypto with hit up in my linen zen. While Miss Amina hit notes like Sarah Singer. I subpoena you to my phone room. See, I hit you with the uh, she hit you with the uh. Was it your car that had me all in love with me? Cause I got my own ride and a trunk full of food, yeah. I
Well, all right, we are back on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy. And, of course, you know who does all the back play of the music and everything else when he do his updates is Brother Blondie, your co-host. So, therefore, you know, we are back on the show to continue the conversation on, you know, the uh, Kevin Hobson's story about child support and social security disability. And um, and for now, I am going to send it over here to Brother Blondie to play back, you know, that playing, and also we have a caller on the line that we want to bring in on a 3D conversation. Brother Blondie, back to you. Well, just a reminder, Lardy, Miss Clardy, that at one point or another in our 30-year anniversary of rap music, we did have female rappers. You just heard the sounds of, uh, uh, you, you just heard the sounds of Missy Misdemeanor Elliot featuring Lil' Kim. And the 1997 classic hit it with a he from her debut Super Duper Fly uh, CD. But right before we get to uh, Kevin Hobson right quick, a quick uh, public service announcement. The Psi Eta Omega chapter of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated welcomes you to 2009-2010 uh, Butanian Program. The Butanian Program for young African-American males who are juniors and seniors in high school. The goal of the program are to recognize the achievements of young African-American males as a community, to inspire and stimulate further growth, academic excellence, community service learning, and leadership development, to enhance the sense of civic responsibility, to promote higher education through scholarship opportunities, and for more information, you can contact Africa Alsup at area code 614-751-9996. That's area code 614-751-9996. And back to you, Lardy, Miss Clardy. Thank you, Brother Blondie. Yeah, we're going to be talking some stuff this evening. This is worthy of news. Uh, to talk about because we don't want nobody to have to go through what Brother Kevin is going through. And, you know, uh, I want to bring Brother Kevin back in on the scene here. And, you know, we want to thank you for coming on to the show to want to talk about this. And the question that I want to propose to you is this. Why did you want to come and talk about your story on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, uh, brother uh, brother uh, Kevin, why did you want to? Well, because I know this is a problem that not only has affected me, but has affected many others, and not just men, but there are some women in this situation. This is about uh, the way certain agencies, or in particular the Child Support Enforcement Agency, uh, go about with their procedures, and oftentimes is is done with a lot of negligence uh, involved in the way they go about uh, obtaining support payments or or just some of the actions that they take against the absent parent. And it's almost like, you know, they do these things without due process for the absent parent involved. For instance, 
for like when I spoke about my driver's license suspension, they never even notified me. I never even got a notice in the mail that my license was suspension. I always ended up finding out after being pulled over or something to the likes of that. So, you know, their their procedure seems to be is to just go after and retrieve some sort of financial support, but not do all the follow-up or necessary work that's involved or investigation of information that you give them as, you know, as it pertains to uh, establishing some sort of support payment. So it's something that needs to be put out there. And, you know, I know I'm not the only victim of this, but, you know, oftentimes there's a lot of ads and parents, for, especially if you're working and, you know, you can make these payments. And it's oftentimes it's hard to, to come up with every receipt that you've had or every check that you mailed. It's often hard to present that. But in my case, this was always done by the Social Security Administration, and that information is there. It is available. It can be proven that each one of these payments has always been made or that this or the support for the children has always been available. The problem is administratively I can't get it without a court order. Okay, and I thank you for that information. Um I am going to put a caller on the line now and let's find out what is the comment or question that this caller has to have. Caller, are you on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. Hello, Mr. Hopkins. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Um, I have a question for you. Um, I'm not really clear as to what you would like to see done. Oh, well, actually what I would like to see done, is, well, what I, I have to have done is, for one, I need to have all illegal seizures return to me because it has placed me in a financial burden and also have each one of these suspensions on my license expunged because, I'll, you know, it, it, that is a, a future source of income for me which I can no longer use. Okay. there. Are you in the state of Ohio? Uh, presently, no, I'm not. I was once an Ohio resident. Okay. And so... Where is the support order? The support order is in Ohio. Okay. Where is your license suspended at? The state of Utah. Hmm. So the state of Ohio put a suspension on your license in the state of Utah? Correct. Okay. Um, What is the, because you are not in the same state, um, are you familiar with, any of the laws that govern uh, what you're trying to get accomplished? Well, actually, I, I am. I feel that I am. I do believe that I am, especially since, you know, most of these suspensions that had taken place took place while I was in Ohio. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, for instance, the first two suspensions, I was actually a resident of the state of Ohio. Okay, so you have two suspensions on your record uh, that occurred while you was in the state of Ohio. Correct. And you would like them them removed. 
Well, I, I, I need all four removed because they were issued by the state of Ohio, by Franklin County to be exact. Two while I was in the state of Ohio and two while I was living in the state of Utah. Okay. If you can remember all four, the first one, were you in the, you, you were in arrears, right? No, I was never in arrears. That's, you have that's never been in arrears? Never been in arrears. Okay, well, if you've never been in arrears, that, that I'm going to make an assumption that you you have never um, had any late payments. No, never. Okay, See, that's, that's the point. That, 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 that is the problem. That, 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 that is that, the issue. That, that is the infringement right there. Exactly. That exactly. is the infringement. So what you need to do, is you need to challenge um you you need to challenge the court. You need to go back into court. Have you filed a motion and put that motion back to the court to let them know that they have infringed upon your your rights? That that that, that because um the the child support is governed by uh revised codes. And and and, and because it's it is governed by revised codes you need to bring that up to state and, and, and make them do their own review because all your payments and so forth, the child support worker should be there to say he was not in arrears at that point, as far as you know. Are you sure you was not in arrears? I'm positive I was not in arrears because there were disability benefits for the children. Each one of these children were born after I was receiving benefits. You see, if the mother refuse, you know, this is all done because even though the mother was aware of these benefits, in order to get public assistance, they throw this stack of paper in front of them, and she just signs them. And one of those papers within that stack is about uh, recouping support for the children that you're applying for these benefits, these public assistance benefits. So with each child that you put down when you apply for public assistance benefits, of course they ask, who's the father? And me having admittedly placed myself in position because they were my children and admitted to being the father of these children, they put my name on there in spite of the fact that they were receiving benefits or that benefits was available to them. See, they were okay, around can I ask this question. Let me let me ask this question. I don't mean to cut you off. This is Lottie Miss Clardy intervening. My question to you is this. Was Social Security in the wrong to go through Social Security disability through the Social Security office to uh, recoup monies for child support? Here's what I was told by the Social Security Administration. We received this court order, and in spite of what our records show here, we have to oblige by the court order. They have to comply with it because it's signed okay, by a judge. Okay, the next question would be this. The next question. Now, as I have saw on the document where the court finally decided on one of your mother's children's case in the child support department, to revoke all of taking any payments or taking any monies from your Social Security disability check and that it was obeyed. When was the date 
on the one child support case with uh, one mother? When was that done? And then why isn't it not done for the other mother's case that has your child? That case in particular that you're talking about is the one I mentioned earlier where they began to take the benefits in 99 and they didn't stop until January 2001. That is the first case. And you're right. When I when the second issue came up and I began to explain this very thing to him about the erroneous orders and how I've already gone through this once before, they told me I was wrong. You see, they, they refused to do their part of the job. They refused to review or investigate any of the information that I gave them. Instead, they just chose to put me in a rearage again and begin the same procedure. And then, as you see, there's a documentation where I gave you that uh, in the second case, they, the child was born in 2000, and they decided to, from 2004 back to 2000, they charged me with arrearage, and then they didn't stop that second arrearage order until 2006. So it was the same thing all over again, and the problem with the second incident is that by that time I was living in the state of Utah. So I'm trying to deal with these people on the phone. But once again, you see, it takes almost, it, it, it takes two years to put a stop to the erroneous court orders. But it, it's the same procedures. And, and with me dealing with the Social Security Administration, in fact, you know, from going back and forth, finally one of the agents actually looked me in the face and said, you know what, they're doing is wrong but we have to follow the court order. And you really need to have this addressed, and that's what I've been trying to do since 2006. And I've only hit okay. a brick wall. Okay, now I, I am going to ask the caller that is on, uh, on the line if there's any other comments that you have to say. Caller, uh, do you have anything else that you want to uh, ask in reference to this particular um, uh, set of uh, issues that we are talking about here. The only thing that um, this is this is uh, uh, the first my other lady that was talking to you. Um, the only thing that I had questions about was um, the there is an initiative in the state of Ohio by Senator Ray Miller. Ray Miller, let me tell you why the senator is so important, and I'd love for him to hear a copy of or even invite him to send him an email and uh, put a link in for blog talk so he can actually hear this conversation at his leisure. Um, so so try to be as explicit as you can, because I think these calls are, are saved. But he, he, sits, he sits on the, uh, I believe it's called the Human Services Committee for the Senate House in the state of Ohio. He is currently putting forth an initiative for stabilizing families. And since he is legislation, and since legislation is what is causing you to have such difficulty, I believe that he needs to hear your story because this destabilizes the family. Um, 
all those funds and so forth or any opportunities that you could have had with your CDLs, that money to go towards your children's education or anything to build you, you up, you know, to become a, a, a even a better father to your children in any kind of way, taking a trip with them, spending some kind of special time with them, maybe out of town or anything like that. Those monies have been have been caught up. And um, and I believe that you need to give him a call so that he understands your story and also so that he can introduce maybe some legislation for when there is an erroneous order by the court. And, 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 and I really need to get You need to probably explain erroneous court order because if it's an erroneous court order, that means you didn't show up for court. Not exactly. Okay, so there shouldn't have been nothing put in the – first of all, if you said it's a emergency court order, that's one thing. But then, you know, there is an administrative, there is authority that, that, the, that the child support can do without the judge. That child support worker can go forth and move and put all kinds of – she can put holes on your – she can put holes on your house. She can put holes on your 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 your, your, your finances. She can put holes on your license. She does not need a court order to do that. But she is not to do that without any type of arrearage. That's why you need to make sure you have – Make sure you have you know what you're talking about when you have no arrearages, because I do believe, uh, and I'm, I'm understanding you to say you have more than one child. So when you when you when you come to the court or when you go to people, make sure that you are for sure about that. Make sure you're for, for sure about that. And if she can give you any type of paperwork to show during those times, this is what you was in arrearage. She should that should be disclosed to you. And if it's if it's not, then you need to ask Mr. Ray Miller, Mr. Ray Miller. This needs to be something. When they're putting holes on me, I should be sent a letter to show, hey, your license are going to be suspended because you are in some amount of arrears. You should have some knowledge as to why this has happened to you. And that's and the point I've been trying to make. You see, these are the things that they chose to do. It's, it's the negligent practices that that agency is notorious for. This is exactly what I'm saying. They did all these things in spite of because they throw you all in the pile of being a deadbeat, which I wasn't. It's like you're talking about the family structure. They have no concern for the family structure. Their concern is with recouping money so that they can have federal reimbursement for every dollar that they receive for support. That's what it seems to be about. This is about, okay, county receiving federal reimbursement. Okay, I hear what you say, but listen to this. Um, if you are saying that your children were on public assistance, are you under the assumption that you don't owe any of that money back for the for the state taking care of your child? Is that did I hear you say that? Because she can't put that in as a rearages. If you're listen, not familiar with the law, it's not I an assumption. I understand what you're saying. It's not an assumption. I cannot be in arrearage when there are benefit payments there for these children. The problem is I cannot so why is she tell. Getting TANF? Why did she get TANF funds? That's because that's the way the system operates. That's because of her fraudulent actions. She should have never put me down as arrearage. Should have never signed those court papers. Now that would be the question. 
that would be the question of when I was coming back to ask you. This is Laurie Miss Clardy mediating again um, mm-hmm. with asking that question where uh, you felt as though that the mother of your child was against you because you felt as though that she knew the ropes to go to the disability to file the relief to get those funds from the disability rather than through TANIS. Is that what you're saying? Well, not only that, but that they were actually getting the benefits. You see, they were double-dipping. They were actually well, you mean to tell me that she was she was getting the benefits at the same time she was all at the same time? That is correct. That is correct. Now, and how do you know that she was getting the benefits and from your Social Security disability and also the TANF? And to add to that question, why did the Social Security Administration deny you to get the documents so that from the Social Security Department so that you can find what was going on in your case rather than they tell you you got to go and do a court order to get the documents? Okay. To answer the first part of that question, I know this for a fact is because, as I stated earlier, both the mother and the child lived in my home and she had direct deposit for the dependent payment to the child from from the beginning, from the very first check. She was getting the dependent payments. And then once we separated, she chose to sign a support order. That is where she's guilty of fraud. Secondly, when the issue came up a second time with the second mother, and I was dealing with the Social Security Administration, by 2004, the laws had changed, and unfortunately, there's certain information within Social Security Administration that falls under the Patriot Act, and they told me, this is what I was told, due to the, to the Patriot Act, I now need a court order to receive my own benefit record. You know what I'm saying? I, I cannot get any information from the Social Security office without a court order. Yes, um look, uh, uh uh Kevin, this is this is Brother Blondie. Now 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 you know Lordy Miss Clardy and you know the the other caller, they they they've asked you you know a lot of uh uh you know good questions, you you know about the documents, you know what type of justice you want uh that you want, but I'm I'm going to get a little bit more intimate here. I, how did this feud between you and your wife even started in the uh, uh, first place? Or what what would you uh, say in the mix, you you, you know, to prevent this uh, type of feud from uh, uh, ha- happening? Because, you know, obviously that uh, you and your wife don't uh, see things Eye to eye. Is she just that devious, or right, right? I mean, the 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 baby's mom. I mean, was I mean, was she just that devious, or do you do you feel in your heart of hearts she's uh, uh, just that cold, or you you know? Because obviously, when y'all met, uh, she she knew all all along about you, your lifestyle, your profession, 
your 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 condition. You uh, didn't hide anything uh, uh, from her. What 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 prompted her to be so angry? Rob, you know that old saying: "Hell has no fury as a woman scorned." Does that register well with you? Yeah, it registered with me. <laughs> with me that, too. That's, that's it right there. You know, let me let me tell you something. One of the problems is that since I always stepped up to the plate for my children, you see, I, I'm not the type that's going to ask why we aren't together, who are you going to see, and this, that, and the other. So what they chose to do was use my children against me. And that is something that is commonly done. Now, can I, can I ask the question, you know, this is going to be a little more deeper and intimate because you did, you know, mention on, you know, out and in, 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 in being candid and forthright, you know, that you had, you know, this disability of AIDS, right? And, you know, did any of the mothers ever know about, you know, your condition, you know, and had it affected them in some kind of way in terms of the outlook of what they had about you that could have caused, you know, all of them to come and go against you in any kind of way? Do you think that, you know, that might have been an element for them to want to be that way towards you? Well, to answer the question about did they know, of course they know because, for instance, the children that were born from the relationship, the children, the result of the relationship. You see, in order for them to be healthy and alive today, there's a certain medical procedure that the mother has to go through. That's from the second trimester on, she began the regimen of AZT. So if you're asking were they aware or was because of this, you know, the, the virus is why they did it, no, that's not the answer. Yes, they were aware, and no, that's not the reason. The reason is just pure meanness, spitefulness, you know, the idea that, like I said, I'm not going to chase after you. If it's over, it's over. So they began to do other things to make my life difficult. Um, well, I guess I'm going to have this Can I ask you a question? How long have you had the HIV virus? Well, I was actually diagnosed in 1995. And at that time, they told me, uh, due to what my T cell count was, they figured I had been infected from seven to ten years. So, if you add that all up, and in fact, it, it probably totals out to about twenty-six years. You, you see, a lot of people. You don't think that? You don't think at all that they're mad? Are they infected, or were they infected already? Well. <laughs> It's not as if um, I forced them into this sexual relationship or did this without or knowingly uh, infected them. You, you understand what I'm saying? See, for, for years, I was unaware of it. In fact, I wasn't made aware until, the, you know, the, how now they have a law where all pregnant women have a pregnancy test. Now, I'll put it to you this way. I may have not been the most faithful, but I've had relationships with, well, actually with the two other women outside the marriage. Those were long-lasting relationships, relationships that had always been going on. See, and in fact, had I done something like that, they could have pressed charges against me, and they have never brought criminal charges against me. Well, I, uh, look, uh, look, uh, Kevin, I, I, I'm dying to ask this 
mean, I mean, weren't you shocked when you told them what you had, and they still want to do it un, uh, unprotected and have uh, kids and stuff? Because I have to admit that that will that, that that shit will bother the hell out of me, man. Well, you just missed what I said. I told you I didn't find out until one of them who was pregnant had the pregnancy test, and that's when I found out through her that she was positive, and they in turn tested me. And, you know, along with those procedures, you see it's a matter of your T-cell count. See, a healthy T-cell count can vary from 700 and above. At the time when I was diagnosed, my T cells were 29, and that's where they got the figure of me being hadn't been affected for up to seven to ten years. You see, when you contract the HIV virus, there's an incubation period, and oftentimes that incubation period can be from six months to ten years. Now, this is this is documented medical documents that'll tell you about the incubation period of contracting the HIV virus. See, throughout that time, because I had no, no risk factors, and, and, you know, I really hate to go into this because it sounds so negative, but risk factors meaning that I didn't have homosexual practices and I wasn't an IV drug user. Oftentimes, between those two classes, the virus will um, rear its head a lot sooner. So throughout that incubation period, there was no, I had, you know, all these questions that they asked you, was there any hospitalizations, was there any illnesses, and my answer to all those questions was no. And if there was any way to check any type of medical history on me from that period of 1985 to 1995, you'd see that I had no serious medical conditions. And I was only made aware of my condition after the mother of one of the children was pregnant and she was diagnosed with the HIV virus. That answer your question? Yes, that does. That answers the question. And you know what? And I want to thank you, Brother Kevin, for even being confident enough to talk about even that because that in itself is a story of its own where people that have may have gone through any of this, any of this that has to do with messing around, having multiple partners, whatever the case may be when it comes to relationships, there are people that really do need to understand, you know, the, the, the significance of, you know, what this is all about and then how it can tie into, you know, other factors as well. But I want to give you, you know, hey, two thumbs up to you, brother, for even wanting to even bring any of this to the light because there's a lot of people that are still shameful, and it's a good thing that you're not that you're not that way, but that you want to be able to help people by giving them informative information. While we even talking about, you know, the stuff that's going on in the administration with the Social Security, you know, the judicial issues, and with child support, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it, you know, there's a whole lot of things that people need to know about with this. So I'm going to give this over to the caller because the caller, you know, wants to give you or talk to you or ask a question. I don't know, but, you know, now I'm sitting over here with people on the line that want to talk, okay? So I'm just going to press on one and, and, and you know, let's see what the caller has to say, whatever comment it is. Caller, uh, 1474, is that you on the yes. phone? Come on, caller. Come on in. Yes. Um, 
Wow, um, Mr. Hopkins, I just thank you for sharing that uh, private information and just being open with that. Um, it does, I, I, I believe, and I don't know if you believe that some of these mothers might just be real vindictive. I, I believe in their heart maybe some of the vindictiveness is going on. And um, also, um, I think that it, I think that you have a good case to get um, some change going on here with the um, D with the DMV. Um, I also want to um, direct you to have you talked to the Columbus Urban League at all in Columbus, well, Ohio? Actually, there's been a number of agencies that I tried to deal with in Columbus, and they telling me that they don't have the resources to provide me services. Okay. Well, there is um, a new initiative with, uh, I don't know, how long, how long has, it, has it been since you were in Columbus? Uh, actually, I left Columbus a week ago, but I shall be returning here in a few weeks. I mean, living. I mean. Oh, well, I left Columbus. I moved out of Columbus in 2001. Okay, so you've been gone for a minute. Well, there is a new uh, CEO over at the Columbus Urban League. And there is a um, there is an African American male initiative that is going forth there to help um, uh, disadvantaged males to secure economic self reliance, piety, power, and civil rights. And they also deal with child support. Um, let me give you a number um, to the person who is ahead of this initiative to see if he can help in any way. His name is Mr. Glenn A. Harris. He's the Glenn? director. Glenn. G Glenn Harris. Yeah, Glenn Harris. Um, his number is 614-372-2344. And you could also send him an email, maybe to set up an appointment before you even come out, you know, to see if he's, he's willing to tackle uh, some of the, the results that you're trying to get forth, which is the removal of the fraudulent um um, um, suspension of your license, get that expunged off, and uh, what, is, what was the other thing you wanted? Well, um, actually, I need to recoup some of my financial losses. Um, well, you know what? You said recoup that. Um, how were they able to take it if you was already caught up on all your payments? Pardon me? I, I didn't hear that. How were they able to take those funds if you were caught up on all your payments. Now, was this, is this funds for all of your children, or was it just one child? Do you even know which case it was, or do you have child support uh, orders with all of your children? Well, actually, um, there's support orders on three children, and then there's a decree order where I shouldn't be paying child support, but they're also getting part of the Social Security dependent benefits. Um, Wait a minute. Hold up. You talk about that decree again. So you're saying that now in this time that in the decree from your ex-wife that you're paying some sort of child support? Yes, I am. I, well, no, yes, you Security. are now. Social Security is actually sending a dependent check to them also. Are you right now? Right now. Okay, now now this ties off 
you know, in, 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 I guess as it's supposed to, where we're talking about that there are three orders. You've got five kids, right? Yes. Okay, and three of them is being, um, uh, is getting payments from you through child support. Three from child support and two through the decree, which shouldn't be. Okay, there's so only five defendants getting payments. Okay, now I don't have that that particular information that you just said uh, from the child support agency uh, where you are now being uh, charged to pay, you know, for your kids, even though you are on Social Security disability, where even the mother that's from that decree or that divorce decree that you have, she was also supposed to be able to sign up and get monies from the disability of monies that you get rather than to child support. Am I correct? Well, she, that's always been done. Those two children from, like, when the time I had them, you know, are they in this, this. Are they in, the question is, is, are these two children from your marriage, which is now a divorce, are these two children locked in to child support, where child support is taking monies out of your disability check rather than the no, disability no. or no. Social Security is to be paying out those payments to your children. No, those two children are not tied into Child Support Enforcement Agency, but they are getting dependent payments. Okay, that's good. Now, we can rule them out. Well, now, for the three, there's only, you said there's two from one mom and then one from another. Am I right? Yes. Okay, now the one where they have stopped payments altogether from the child support agency, where they are now receiving uh, money from your disability, are they still receiving it? They are still receiving disability payments, yes. Okay, now let's rule them out. Now we only have one parent, mother, with one child or your two that is uh that is where, where you're battling, where your money is being taken unrightful from child support, or, you know, into your uh, disability check and bank account, where they have seized your money. If, are, am I am I being it? Am I saying it right? Actually, no. You see, okay, then explain this last one because one of them or, the, or one of the mothers is. Is, has not received any money from your ability, whether they're getting it from child support or if they are now all receiving your disability check, you know what I'm saying, a, a disability check from your Social Security Administration agency, then what you want to do is recoup what monies that child support had took from you before they all finally got on board to take or to receive monies from the disability uh, uh, income. Okay, well, allow me to make a few corrections. They've okay, always right on received, They've always received the dependent payments, yet they at the same time charge me with arrearage. See, that, that is what I've been saying to you. There is my complaint. They've always double-dipped. They've always got the payments. Yes. So you want from 2000, 1999 to 
2001 uh, recruitment of, of, the, of the money that they seized from you, that they say that you were owing uh, over images. She was getting payments from 1996 and chose to file this arrearage against me in 99. But she always got payments for that child. And the Social Security Administration will have the records to prove it. I need a court order to get it. Okay, we're going to stop right there, and we're going to take a break. We've got 14 minutes remaining before the show is over, and my question will be to you in, in this next segment is to ask you what is the solution to your problem and what solution do you want to give to the audience to hear from you about. We'll be right back. I'm 
yeah. Oh, yeah. We are back right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show. And I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy. And we are back to just to to, uh, to wrap it up on the issues of administration, SSI, disability <laughs> infringements, and judicial, you know, you call it misconduct, whatever the choice that you make out of it once you hear, you know, this story. And back to you, um, Kevin, you know, before we get started, I'm going to have Brother Blondie to play back the music that, you know, he's just played, and then we're going to immediately go back into Solutions. Sounds like Marvin Gaye, doesn't it? <laughs> but, in fact, that was R. Kelly. And, oh, you hit me, baby girl, you knocked me out. We got less than ten minutes left of the show. So, without any further interruptions, Lordy, Miss Clardy, I'll go back to you and Mr. Uh, Hobson. Thank you, Brother Blondie. Um, Brother Kevin. You know the, the 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 last ending of this, and I, I say I give you three minutes to to put it down the way you want to. Okay, what solution do you give to the hearers that listen to the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show on this subject, and also uh, what solutions do you want to that that you want to see happen? In your uh, in your case or in your story here that we're talking about, those are two solutions. What solutions can you give the the uh, the hearers that may find themselves caught up like this? And then, what solution do you have to uh, to to bring your case to uh, some justice? I know that you would definitely have to go to court and do the motion. Okay, do the motion. Uh, you're already a member of the NAACP, and you do the motion. Representative will be there to monitor, to see it through. So two questions. What are your solutions to the hearers and then the solutions for yourself? Well, my solution for the listeners would be um, stand up for yourself what you believe in, and and that applies to, to to just about anything that involves you on a personal level, your rights, your beliefs, or what have you. Now, as it pertains to my solution, what my solution would be is justice, possibly an overhaul of the entire child support enforcement agency, because some people there have have become complacent and with their jobs and how they go about doing things. Instead of actually following legal procedures or following up the information that's being given to them, they automatically jump to conclusion to issue support orders or erroneous orders or suspensions of driver's license without really investigating the case or the information that's being given to them. And the idea that these are licensed social workers they need there need to be some accountability to to those employed or people who make these decisions on a whim or just out of total incompetence or that has an effect on the lives of the people they make these decisions on right right i do understand it that's good that's good that's good right there and 
far as with you are concerned, where do you think that you would stand in a solution? I know that the caller that gave you some information on the African American Male Initiative and contact information to contact Glenn Harris, which is the director over this program, and that his telephone number is 614-372-2344. And I'll put that out there for you hearers, too, that may be here in Columbus listening to this message or this segment of, of communication. That number, again, is 614-372-2344. And his email address is G. Harris, H A R R I S at A is that A O L. Let me see. Make sure I did that right. Make sure I did that one right. You know, because sometimes they, yeah, I think that's C U L dot org. C U L dot org. G Harris at C U L dot org. Then there is a father to father program. Okay, with Michael Hargrove, who is the coordinator of that program. His number is 614-372-2344 also, and his uh, email is, I think it's A-A-M as in Mary I at C-U-L dot org. And then there is another one that deals with... uh, with uh, Urban Warriors, there's another one here. His name is Cecil, I guess that's Hatem Brown, okay, and he does the rites of passage, which are called the Urban Warriors. His number is 614-372-2344, and he is also at the AAM, as in Mary, I at C-U-L dot org. Now, these are informations that were given to uh to you uh Kevin um to have in your possession to give calls and give emails to and to all you hearers out there that may be going through difficulties like this too uh the caller that was online that gave great information and also gave you know a connection to get some help uh and referred you to some things I thought to just reiterate those things about the American, uh, the African American Male Initiative because all the men that are going through this, this is a, a thing that needs to be heard about. Now, back to you, Kevin. You know, I give you one minute, a solution for yourself. Now, you gave a solution to the people, that the hearers. Now, give a solution to about you. One minute. Well, I feel that I, I, I certainly have to find some legal representation maybe someone on pro bono or a contingency fee to go through the legal proceedings that I need to have the, all these issues addressed, the arrearage, the seizures of my money, and the suspension of my CDL license. All right. I think I I don't know if I got off here. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I, I thought that. Okay. Well, that's a good thing, and that we will find out what we can do to, you know, make that come true. But don't forget that when you come back down here 
to the um, to Columbus, Ohio. Do your motion so that we can get this on your way. Okay. I intend to and, thank you, Ms. Price. Yes, and we're glad to have you on the show. And we are out of time. Now, you know, for all of you hearers out there, you have heard great information and and even about an issue that is happening nationwide, you know, across the border. You know, the only thing that I could say to you, you got a problem, stand up, speak up, and speak out. It is your right to do so. So much love to you, to all of you, the Lardy Miss Clardy hearers and all that will definitely listen to this show. And you all have a great evening. I am out. Warm thoughts feel the hot-headed and cold-hearted. Your whole paycheck, you burp it and then squirt it. And y'all think I'm going to stop? Blow it out the One year I got rich, now life's moving so fast. But being broke with no food is just a thing of the past. Plus I'm the new phenomenon like white women with ass. And y'all praying that I block? Blow it out the In New York I buy clothing. In Cali I get green. Atlanta I get sleep. In Texas I sit clean. All these rappers want to know what I'm getting for